world. Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew And tell the show, we've got a case study Sunday. And we're going to do something that we've never done before. We're going to do a live coaching session. And we've got a listener of the show, Jessie in, who has already purchased her first investment property. And she's kind of thinking, what do I do next? Jessie, welcome along to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. And so Andrew's got to run the numbers. And rather than talking about the details of Jesse's story, we're going to talk about, well, what are the next steps? And this is pretty much going to be what it's like if you have a 15-minute meeting with Andrew. But actually, Why, is it so, why are they so long for once? Yeah, I, know, I was about to say it's going to be a bit longer than what you're used to. So, Andrew, kick it off for us. Okay. So, Jesse, tell us about what you've bought. It's just a one-bedroom unit. I needed a place to live at the time, um, and a one-bedroom unit suited me just fine. It was close to the area where I was working. It's a part of like a lodge, so there's lots of other units all on the same title, I mm-hmm. think is what you call it. But then I moved away from the area, so I just rented out these days. So where is it? Over near Mount Hutt, near Methven. So, so this is a pretty rural part of the yes, South Island. Yes. So I take it you're a farmer or something like that. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> Sorry, are you the financial advisor all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, so you're a farmer at the moment? Yes, and, correct. Um, and do you, do you have a farm or do you lease a farm or do you work as a farmer? I work as a farmer. Okay, cool. And paid as a wages or as a contractor? Paid as wages. God, I won't go into your personal details like income today, but what I want to know is what did you pay for that property originally? I think it was 170000 And what's it worth today? Uh, the GV or RV says 190, but I know apartments and units don't really go up in price, so I don't actually know if I'd sell it for that. Uh, they go up in price, but maybe not as quickly as houses or townhouses. So how long have you owned it? Three years, three, three and years. a half years. Okay, so you've had, in terms of the overall market, there's been a bit of an increase and a bit of a decrease in that time. So let's just work on 190 for argument's sake today, just for the numbers. And did you live in that property for a while? Uh, yes, but only a very short time. As soon as I moved in, pretty much, I got a contract to move away. So I was and, only there for a very short time. Okay, and so it's been a rental property since then. Yes, correct. And what does it rent for per week? Three thirty a week. Okay, and the mortgage at the moment? Four eighty a fortnight. Four eighty a fortnight. And how much is owing? Best guess. Uh, hundred eight thousand. Okay, hundred eight thousand dollars. Okay. One of the interesting things when we looked up the address of this property is on Property Guru. It says the property's freehold, which is very unusual. If you've got a bunch of apartments, maybe it was freehold in Stratton. I think what it probably was back in the day was it was probably all one property as a lodge and maybe they've divided up the units and then started selling them off. That's kind of my best guess because when you go onto Property Guru, dig through all of the numbers, it says that they're all the same, exact same property address. Okay. And I won't read it out just for privacy reasons. But there are obviously several different units. Okay, so we'll assume that it is an apartment and, and maybe we've got the title incorrect there. What are your plans over the next week? Are you going to carry farming where you are? I'm not very good at planning. No. <laughs> I looked at this place on a Wednesday and brought it on a Thursday. I mean, I'm not great for that. But I've got a managing contract for next season. So the season runs from June, start of June through to the end of May. So for, the well, four months where I am and then 12 months. So... The next 16 months of my life are planned, but then after that, anything's possible. You sound like a classic (laughs) farmer who buys a half a million dollar tractor, signs the contract on the back of a fence post, you know, (laughs) in paddock number three. How much exposure have you had to farmers buying tractors? More than you. You've just created that. Yes, more than me, but it's a very low bar. (laughs) Mate, I have been to field days at the Waikato before. That's more experience than you've got. (laughs) I've been to an A&P show once. You probably went on the fairest wheel. Had a great sausage sizzle. Okay, so... 
what made you decide to rent the property out just because you moved locations? Yeah, correct. Yep. Um, so to start with, it was just empty. And I thought, oh, you know, it would be nice to come stay here on weekends and what have you, but farmers don't get weekends, so. So one of the challenges <laughs> um, potentially is that you might be caught up in the bright line, but if there hasn't been a lot of profit, probably not going to apply that much because by the time you sell it and pay an agent, you're going to probably end up with the same amount as what you paid for it. But probably the thing that I would look at is whether or not this investment makes sense over the next 15 years. And then I'd decide, okay, what if I switch that property out for something that's more suitable if it's not suitable? So the tool that we'd use for that would be the return on investment calculator. So that's really good for comparing different properties. So I'm going to take you through a return on investment calculator. Now, one of the really important things as I was getting ready to run these numbers that I thought we should point out is if you're looking at an existing property and you're running the numbers, you want to make sure you update the date in the top of the field. Why would that be, Ed? Because of infrastructability. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that, that one caught you off guard, didn't it? Well, I don't know. Usually I'm the one who asks the <laughs> yeah, questions. Yeah. Um, so what is the date? 21st? Uh, it is the 21st of February. No, it's 20th not. of February. <laughs> Close enough. 20th of February, 2024. All right, so now let's just leave the address blank. So let's put it as Selwyn. Because we've chosen the council area outside of Auckland, that's going to use our outside of Auckland assumptions. Now, the investment type for that, that would be a yield investment because it's an apartment, so typically it's going to get a lower growth than something that's a growth asset, like a house or a townhouse, and it's a one-bed unit. How big is it, just out of interest? 60 square. Okay, so it's not a, not a t- tiny unit. It's pretty uh, decent size, actually, for a one-bedroom property. And now let's change this to uh, existing policy, national policy. Has that been updated with the... Of course it's been updated. <laughs> with the Act rules? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes is the answer. Now, when you're running the numbers for an existing property, you use the value and the purchase price as the same. So we'll put 190 here. And even though you didn't pay 190 for it, because we're looking at it as if you bought that today, you put 190 in both those fields, but there'll be no setup cost because you already own it. Cash deposit, what we want to do here is we want to put in the amount of equity you've got in there. So I'm going to minus your mortgage, 108. There we go. And minimum cash deposit that you need for an existing rental property is 35%. So we'll put that in there. And that would override if this number was less than that. Now, the mortgage at the moment, what we'll do is we'll just use our standard assumptions for interest rate. When does your interest rate come off its fixed, by the way? It's split into three sections. I've got a one-year fixed, which ends in May, but that's only got about $8,000 left owing on it. So hopefully I'll smash that out before, well, when it ends. And then I've got a two-year fixed, which is the May after, and then a three-year fixed, which is the May after that. I might just use 7% as an average. And she's paying uh, principal Uh, principal and interest, interest. that's important to note. Thank you. How long remaining on your term? 28 years? 27. 27 years. Awesome. Rent per week, you said $330. We allow for two weeks a year vacancy, and you don't need a new tenant because that adds another two weeks of vacancy in there. Now let's put in your costs. So what are your rates at the moment? Just roughly. Uh, $50 a fortnight. Was 50 times. Oh, that's really low, isn't really it? Really cheap. 1300 Now, there must be a body corporate on yes, there. Yes, 280 a fortnight. Equals, yeah. equals 280 times 26. That's important to note because when you look at the gross yield of your property, it's really high, right? It's like 10%. So anybody listening to the show who's hearing 330 bucks a week for a property that's worth 190 k that's actually pretty good. But then you start to think, well, okay, 330 a week, you're getting 15 grand a year but about half of your rent is going towards the body corp fees, which is pretty high, actually. 
Now, I'm assuming you're not using a property manager in this situation. I use Keyhook. It's an app that I can manage it myself. Okay, so you manage it yourself. So there's no property management fees. Do you pay a fee for that app? Four ninety nine plus GST. How often? Week. Equals yeah, 4.99 times 1.15 times 52. So I'm going to add that there under other costs. And then I'll strip out tenant sourcing fee. You just find your own tenants? Yes, through right? Keyhook. Okay. Now, I just quickly worked out because I was curious. That body corporate represents 22 weeks of the year worth of rent. So for the first 22 weeks of the year, you're just paying body corporate. Accounting? You got an accountant? Yeah. How much does they do they? I haven't it? heard from him for the last ten months. Oh, okay. have you heard of Opus Accounting? <laughs> uh, let's let's put in let's put in there seven fifty plus GST. Just uh, I'm I'm guessing it might be a, a cheap and cheerful one. Now the assumption that we use for capital growth on a, a yield property outside of Auckland is three and a half percent. Did you get the channels valued when you purchased the property? No, I no. don't imagine so. Cool. Um, and it's not under construction, so I'm just going to change that to no. So we've got all the numbers we need in there. Right. Let's just quickly check the assumptions that Ed's got in here. So he's got our standard interest rate forecast. He's got our standard inflation rate. Everything in here is the standard figures that we use at the moment. Now, the results. The two things I really want to look at, I want to look at the return on investment, but let's look at what the cash flow looks like. So based on our forecast, it would cost you two and a half grand to own that property this year. Next year, it's going to go down. By year four, it's positively geared. So the good news is the cash flow is not going to break the bank too much. So, so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's probably costing you about 50 bucks a week at the moment. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that would be about right. Yeah, so you're topping up the mortgage a wee bit. Yeah. Now, but remember paying down principal as well. Mm -hmm. So if we look at what the return on investment looks like, so you've got 82000 worth of equity in that property. The cash flow over the next 15 years is going to be $4,000, give or take. So your total investment, about $86,000. Your capital growth, and this is all inflation adjusted over the next 15 years, is $95,000. Plus you will have paid down some debt and you will have had some positive cash flow. So your total output is one hundred and $60,000, give or take. So your return on investment, for every dollar you put in, you're getting $1.84 back, which is a relatively low return on investment. But one thing I would comment on is you don't have a huge amount of equity in there, so your choices are relatively limited in terms of what you can invest in right now. Now, do you have other savings at the moment? You don't have to tell me an amount. Very small amount, yeah. Any other assets that you could liquidate if you wanted to change your investment? just a very small amount of shares but nothing okay. that's gonna get me very far okay so the one thing I would say is when I look at these numbers I would consider that return on investment low but if you can't swap that property out for another one then it's okay to have something that's low rather than have nothing at all one thing I know from working with farmers is often their income can be relatively low as well or or limited and can be hard to increase in certain years so the thing that I would say is I would look to change this property out to a higher growth property, given that you're young and wanting to build your wealth, but do that at a time that you can actually afford to do it. At the end of the day, right now, it's still, you're getting $1.84 back on your, your money. I think you can get better than that, but that would happen over time. Now, let's just run an example if you have more equity in that. And say, say we were looking at this later on down the track. So let's say in five years' time, Let's say that property's gone up to 230, and let's say your equity's gone up to 150, and let's say the rent's gone up to 375. Okay, 
if we're redoing this in a few years' time, and let's say your mortgage has gone down to 23 years, and let's say we fast forward an interest rate world, what's the interest rate going to be in five years, Ed? Well, we forecast 4.5%. So, so let's go 45 and I'm just going to update all those assumptions. So now we're just fast-forwarding five years and saying, right, you're sitting in front of us again, and what does it look like now? Now if we look at the results page, cash flow is great. You're making some money from your investment. You've got some really good equity in there. The return on investments come down because you've got more equity in there for your return. What would you do here? And well, I'm assuming at this stage that you can borrow more money from the bank. What does it look like if you change this property out to something else? Now, remember, if you sell a property, you lose some of that equity because you have to pay a real estate agent. So let's say you sold that property at 230 and you got 95% of that because 5% goes to an agent. That leaves you with $218,500 minus the $80,000 that you've got on a mortgage. So that means you've got $138,000 in cash. So let's just call that 130 and we'll allow for some of those setup costs to be covered. Now, Let's say you went out and bought a property at $600,000 and it was a growth property and I'm just going to pick Christchurch. I'm not saying that's where you should go and buy in five years' time because we don't know where we'd be recommending at that stage, but let's say you did. And let's say you bought in Belfast and it was a growth property and let's just say it was a two-bed townhouse. And again, we're just making this up at this stage and $600,000 is the value, $600,000 is the purchase price. And we've got 130 to put into it, or 134, because we're going to cover those setup costs. You need a 20% deposit, and we've got a 470k mortgage. Does that make sense so far? Yes, so yeah. we've sold this, we've taken our 138 grand, we've kept a little bit of money in the bank. Now let's work on an interest-only mortgage, because that would probably be my preferred option. And I'm going to use the same interest rate as I've used here, 4.5%. Let's work on a 4.5% yield. So that would be a $520 a week rent. And I'm going to assume here that, yes, you do need to find another tenant. So we're going to allow a four-week vacancy for that for here. And then I'm going to set it up with our property management recommendation, which would be using a property manager. So it's hands-off. Rates would be much more expensive than what you're paying at the moment. But the body corporate wouldn't exist on something like that. We'll put it here, insurance is $2,000. I've allowed for a residence association, maintenance, and I'm allowing for our accounting solution. And then we've got a 5% capital growth rate because now we're buying a growth property in a main centre outside of Auckland. And if you got those chattels valued, they'd probably represent $50,000 worth of the value. And let's say it was not under construction as well. You just sold this property and went straight into this one. What we can see here is that the return on investment has gone from 149% to 344%. So for every dollar you put in, you're getting $3.44 back. So you're getting more than double. But there is a catch. There's worse cash flow here. Your existing property wouldn't be costing you anything at that stage. But if you borrowed more money to buy a Christchurch townhouse in this example, it would be costing you $58 a week for six years on average. Now, if we look at what the cash flow really looks like, well, it's $6,000 a year. So significantly more than what you're contributing now. It then goes down over time, but the return on investment is far greater over time. So that would be when we'd have a conversation about, is that a manageable amount for you? And if at that time it was, and could you get the lending for that sort of investment property? If the answer was yes, my recommendation would be to switch out your property for that then. And so look, just to summarise this, because we've thrown a lot at you, Jesse. what are you taking away from what Andrew's just thrown at you for the last 10 minutes? <laughs> 
I currently don't have enough equity, but as I pay off more of my mortgage, I'll build up equity. And then in five or so years, I'll have enough equity that I would be able to sell my current place, which has got a low return on investments, and I could buy something with a higher return on investment. Yeah, and also I think the big limiting factor for you at the moment is you've got a property where almost half of the year the rent gets sucked up in, in body corporate, which kind of sucks as a, a as a landlord, right? So I think if we could have a better asset in a area that might get you better capital growth, subject to you being able to afford it, that would be what my recommendation would be. Yeah, and the other thing that's important to remember is that although your gross yield's pretty high at about 9%, because your costs are really high, your net yield is about 3.5% or 3.6%. That's one of the common things we see, especially when people invest in one-bedroom properties or properties that are in smaller locations or within an apartment. Now, I'm not telling you you've done anything wrong because the wonderful thing is you're how, how old? 25. Look, you're 25 and you're owning your first home and that's awesome. And that's absolutely wonderful that you've done that. And I'm assuming you bought this by yourself. There's nobody else that you yes, bought this with. Correct. So that's that's really cool you've got into it. And it's a great starter property. But it's just this is a really good example for others out there when – they see something that's got a really low purchase price, but then often has these other costs in here that make the net yield relatively low. And so I suppose the main strategy for you is going to be to pay off the mortgage in a couple of years. Once you've smashed that down, we'll probably sell this property, start to look at uh, another property that's going to grow in value faster and is going to get you more money over time. And just to put that in dollar terms, we're estimating that if we zoom forward and you make that property switch, instead of making 200 grand, over the next 15 years, we estimate you'd be able to make about 530 grand over the next 15 years. And it's amazing how you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars more just by switching out the property to something that's a bit higher returning. But again, great that you've actually got started. Um, I think sometimes people, because they can't buy the perfect property today, they just don't get started at all. And so then they just go and spend their money rather than do something. So great that you've done something. And so Jesse, in your words, what's the next step for you? I don't know. <laughs> at the moment, I'm paying down like the mortgage extra to try build up equity as much as I can. In the future, maybe I'll go into business for myself as well. That's what farmers usually do. So I'll need a bit of equity for that, but only about, I don't know, 30, 40k or something like that. Um, so not, not as much as that. Yeah, and look, if you're sitting down with a financial advisor and working through this in more detail, you could probably start to plan out some of those things. Maybe one of the strategies is that you set up your lending in the right way so that as you're paying down your mortgage, you can redraw some of it so that you can finance or pay for that 30, 40K if you're going to buy some cows or whatever it happens to be. But you definitely are right that when you're 25 years old, and you own a property like this, yet you can smash down the mortgage, but your other big opportunity is to grow your income over time because your income can grow pretty quickly between 25 and 30 if you put your mind to it. I really like what Jesse said before, which I think you just missed, was this kind of money, you could never save that on your job, right? It's either make that money through investment or don't make it at all. Yeah. Cool, right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Hey, if you want to come in and have a bit of a coaching session, because I know some people like to share their stories, other people are like, oh, you know what, I'll come on your podcast if it means I get some free advice, then just let us know. Send me an email at ed at opuspartners.co.nz. We love doing these case study Sundays and having you guys on the show.
listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most with the new property market. Until next time, 